This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is the one-year Bible reading for September 11th, and we are reading in Isaiah in the Old Testament, starting in chapter 8 this morning. Again, the Lord said to me, make a large signboard and clearly write this name on it, Shalal Hashbaz. I asked Uriah the priest and Zechariah, son of Jeb, Jeb, <laughs> Jeberachiah, both known as honest men, to testify that I had written it before the child was conceived. I even practiced that name before we started. Then I slept with my wife and she became pregnant and had a son. And the Lord said, call him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. This name prophesies that within a couple of years, before this child is old enough to say Papa and Mama, the king of Assyria will invade both Damascus and Samaria and carry away their riches. Then the Lord spoke to me again and said, The people of Judah have rejected my gentle care and are rejoicing over what will happen to King Rezin and King Pekah. Therefore, the Lord will overwhelm them with a mighty flood from the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria and all of his mighty armies. This flood will overflow all its channels and sweep into Judah. It will submerge Emmanuel's land from one end to the other. The Assyrians will cry, do your best to defend yourselves, but you will be shattered. Listen, all you prepare for battle and die. Yes, die. Call your councils of war, develop your strategies, prepare your plan and die for God. The Lord has said to me in the strongest terms, do not think like everyone else does. Do not be afraid that some plan conceived behind closed doors will be the end of you. Do not fear anything except the Lord Almighty. He alone is the Holy One. If you fear him, you need fear nothing else. He will keep you safe. But to Israel and Judah, he will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he may be a trap that entangles them. Many of them will stumble and fall, never to rise again. Many will be captured. I will write down all these things as a testimony of what the Lord will do. I will entrust it to my disciples who will pass it down to future generations. I will wait for the Lord to help us, though he has turned away from the people of Israel. My only hope is in him. I and the children the Lord has given me have names that reveal the plans the Lord Almighty has for his people. And I didn't tell you what that other name meant. It meant swift to plunder and quick to spoil. So why are you trying to find out the future by consulting mediums and psychics? Do not listen to their whisperings and mutterings. Can the living find out the future from the dead? Why not ask your God? Check their predictions against my testimony, says the Lord. If their predictions are different from mine, it is because there is no light or truth in them. My people will be led away as captives, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and shake their fists at heaven and curse their king and their God. Wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown out into darkness. 
and Isaiah is full of near and far-term prophecy. So some of the prophecies we're about to read, you'll recognize um, they were all prophetic to the people of Isaiah's time. None of this had happened, but some of these things have came to pass shortly after he predicted them. Other things we're going to recognize are prophecies of the Messiah, and still others are yet to be accomplished, which is so exciting. I get so excited about that. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will soon be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. Israel will again be great, and its people will rejoice, as people rejoice at harvest time. They will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder, for God will break the chains that bind his people, and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian with Gideon's little band. In that day of peace, battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned. For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles, Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule forever with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. The passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. The Lord has spoken out against that braggart Israel, and the people of Israel and Samaria will soon discover it. In their pride and arrogance, they say, our land lies in ruins now, but we will rebuild it better than before. We will replace the broken bricks with cut stone, the fallen sycamore trees. The Lord will reply to their bragging by bringing resins, armies, the Assyrians against them, along with Arameans from the east and Philistines from the west. With barred fangs, they will devour Israel. But even then, the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. For after all this punishment, the people will still not repent and turn to the Lord Almighty. Therefore, in a single day, the Lord will destroy both the head and the tail, the palm branch and the head. The leaders of Israel are the head and the lying prophets are the tail. For the leaders of the people have led them down the path of destruction. For the Lord has no joy in the young men and no mercy on even the an orphan, for they are all hypocrites, speaking wickedness with lies. But even then the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. This wickedness is like a brush fire. It burns not only briars and thorns, but the forests too. Its burning sends up vast clouds of smoke. The land is blackened by the fury of the Lord Almighty. The people are fuel for the fire, and no one spares anyone else. They fight against their own neighbors to steal food, but they will still be hungry. In the end, they will even eat their own children. Manasseh will feed on Ephraim, Ephraim will feed on Manasseh, and both will devour Judah. But even then, the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. Second Corinthians chapter 12. 
Paul writes, this boasting is also foolish, but let me go on. Let me tell about the visions and revelations I received from the Lord. I was caught up into the third heaven for 14 years ago. Now, at this point in reading, I always think, wow, Paul, I only thought there was one heaven. Well, in that time, it was thought that there were three heavens. There was the atmospheric heaven, which is the air that we breathe, the celestial heaven of the heavenly bodies. And then the third heaven was the dwelling place of God. So when Paul talks about the third heaven, that's the perspective he is speaking from. And he may be right. <laughs> Whether my body was there or just my spirit, I don't know. Only God knows, but I do know that I was caught up into paradise and I heard things so astonishing that they cannot be told. That experience is something worth boasting about, but I am not going to do it. I am only going to boast about my weaknesses. I have plenty to boast about and it would be, and would be no fool in doing it because I would be telling the truth, but I won't do it. I don't want anyone to think more highly of me than what they can actually see in my life and my message, even though I have received wonderful revelations from God. But to keep me from getting puffed up, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from getting proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. I think that's such an encouragement, right? Um, if we have those thorns in our life that are not going away, that we can seek the Lord as to what good he's doing through them. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Since I know it is all for Christ's good, I am quite content with my weaknesses and with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Psalm 55, a Psalm of David. Listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me, hunting me down in their anger. My heart is in anguish. The terror of death overpowers me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me. I can't stop shaking. Oh, how I wish I had wings like a dove. Then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far away from this wild storm of hatred. Destroy them, Lord, and confuse their speech, for I see violence and strife in the city. Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders, but the real danger is the wickedness within the city. Murder and robbery are everywhere there. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. Let death seize my enemies by surprise. Let the grave swallow them alive, for evil makes its home within them. But I, I love that but, but I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I plead aloud in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He rescues me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me. Even though many still oppose me, God, who is king forever, 
will hear me and will humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. As for this friend of mine, he betrayed me. He broke his promises. His words are as smooth as cream, but in his heart is war. His words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. But you, O God, will send destruct the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young, but I, but I am trusting you to save me. Don't, uh, Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Don't weary yourself trying to get rich. Why waste your time? For riches can disappear as though they had the wings of a bird. And to end today, we're going to finish our chapter in the life you've always wanted. Um, and we are reading Life with a Well-Ordered Heart. Ortberg writes, Jesus' followers are those who intentionally arrange their lives around the goal of spiritual transformation, the development of a well-ordered heart. We can learn to be intentional. We might want to write down on a single sheet of paper or in a journal our own rule of life. It doesn't have to be elaborate. In fact, such a rule works best if we keep it quite simple and practical. And he gives an example, living in Jesus' name. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the Bible, names often reflect a person's character. So to do something in Jesus' name means to do it in a way consistent with do it the way that Jesus himself would. Every moment is an opportunity to live in Jesus' name. All the everyday stuff of life can be filled with his presence, if you are. Start by thinking about what it would mean to do each of these activities in Jesus' name. Waking up, greeting those you see first thing in the morning, eating, driving, working outside the home or caring for children, shopping, watching television, doing household tasks, reading, going to sleep. Keep it simple. Focus on Jesus' presence with you as you go through these seemingly in moments of the day. Wow, I'm getting really tilted. <laughs> Keep directing your thoughts back to him. Ask for his help or his guidance or simply share your heart with him. Memorize Colossians 3.17 as a way of helping you do this exercise. Ask God to bring these words back to your mind continually. Keep track of how the experiment goes. Talk about it with a spiritual mentor or a friend. For example, Pope John uh, the 23rd, a Christian leader who had a profound impact on the church in the 20th, 20th century, began to follow this daily practice when he was quite young. Spending 15 minutes in silent prayer first thing in the morning, spending 15 minutes in reading spiritual literature, before bed, spending a few moments examining his conscience and making a confession to God, and then identifying the issues he wanted to pray about in the morning, setting aside specific times for prayer, study, recreation, and sleep, making a habit of turning his mind to God in prayer throughout the day. You and I are invited to make each moment of every day an opportunity to learn from Jesus how to live in the kingdom of God. Every minute counts, as Frank Laubach explains so well. He writes, For do you not see that God is trying experiments with human lives? That is why there are so many of them. He has over 2 billion experiments going around the world at this moment. 
And his question is, how far will this man and that woman allow me to carry this hour? For I who push life up through the protozoan and the tiny grass and the fish and the bird and the dog and the gorilla and the man, I have not become satisfied yet. I am only willing to make this hour marvelous. I am not only willing to make this hour marvelous. I am in travail to set you a kindle with the Christ thing, which has no name. How fully can you surrender and not be afraid? It's a great thought to live with today. How fully can we surrender to the Lord and not be afraid? Have a beautiful day. Love you all.